All right. I want to say good morning. Actually, good afternoon. It's September 4th, 2020. And yes, we are still in the pandemic. And that's the reason I am wearing this mask, is to make the point that with all that is going on right now, we are still in a pandemic. And it is still important for associations to be diligent and to be smart in how they address the needs and the desires of their members. So let me take this off now so we can discuss really what's going on and, and uh, give you some updates and some suggestions and some thoughts. Uh, first of all, I know that I'm doing this on the fly and that many of you uh, I did not give you uh, advance notice. I'm just dropping this as a live stream. Uh, it's taken so long for me to get going again because of so much work that uh, you know we've been blessed to be doing for uh, our clients that we simply haven't had time to do this. I just decided enough is enough. Let's get it done. Let's get moving. So um, Governor DeSantis has decided and allowed uh, Palm Beach to uh, County to go to Phase two, uh, which really means that bowling alleys, I'm just going to read this off, bowling alleys, movie theaters, skating centers, escape rooms, trampoline centers, can all open at 50% capacity and in November potentially to 75% capacity. Uh, gyms, fitness centers, museums will be allowed to operate at full capacity. <coughs> uh, pardon me. Entertainment venues, comedy clubs, auditoriums, 50% on October 19th. Restaurants continue indoor seating at 50%, but would be allowed full outdoor seating capacity. Bar tub food service would be allowed to resume as well. Mask and social distancing would still be required for all establishments. Nothing has been set for bars or nightclubs. Um, and ahead of the phase two opening, Palm Beach County restaurants uh, are now having longer operating hours um, and are, uh, because previously they were required to close from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, Broward is on its way to doing this, and Miami-Dade, I think, is still holding firm on uh, waiting to see how things are, are coming along. Um, it is projected that by January of 2021, we will be potentially up to 400,000 deaths because of this uh, horrific pandemic. Um, and that really should set the scene for associations when thinking about what actions you should or should not do moving forward. Um, so let's talk about that for a moment. I've gotten a lot of inquiries uh, requesting that, uh, you know, please, can we open up our pools? Pools seem to be the biggest issue. And when you look at Palm Beach County, you look potentially at Broward County where they're opening up their parks and recreations to use by uh, the members, uh, by the public, not the members, the, the, uh, you know, the people who live in the various counties. And, of course, you can travel from county to county and use the facilities. You need to remember a couple things. First, the use of those facilities are at your own risk. So you say, great, guy, we're going to do the same thing for our pools, same thing for our basketball courts, our tot lots. Sure. The difference is there's certain sovereign immunity that the counties, municipalities, of course, the state has that you do not have. And in the simplest form, what it means is you really can't sue the state, the municipality, 
because you got COVID at their facility when they told you don't come in, and if you come in, come in at your own risk. That's different than a private establishment. And, and when I read to you those sections of phase two, which limit percentages of occupancy in some instances, hours of operation, those are two public establishments. The same thing applies, but in a different context, to your private establishment. Let me give you a little bit of, a, of a, an example. I, I recently, as many of you who do know me, know that I'm an avid uh, uh, basketball player. Not good, but avid. Um, and a place where I play indoors has reopened. But there are, consequ- there are, are limitations. Got to wear a mask the whole game. Uh, there are a certain amount of players that can be there in that section of the gym playing, including those on the bench that must be social distance. If you exceed that, you're asked to leave the facility. Why is all this? Because the police are actively enforcing this, and if you violate these laws, these regulations, uh, the facility can be fined, and in this case up to $5,000, and they take that very seriously. So. The same applies to your associations. Now, while you don't know if you're going to be uh, um, inspected, and I've heard from clients that there are inspections going on, especially where there are members who are upset over the limitations that the association has imposed and have used that to retaliate, and when they see too many people at the pool or at the bocce court or at any open facility, the gym, call you know, code enforcement, call the police and say, listen, you know, my condo has, you know, 10 people grouping here and there's really social distancing, only room for five. They are coming, they are citing, and uh, in some cases, fining. I know uh, I read an article about uh, Coral Springs that there are probably over 50 active citations and warnings at this time against uh, businesses. So this is a serious thing. The bigger issue, of course, is that this is potentially, not in all cases, I don't want to be an alarmist, but this is a life and death issue. Um, You're talking about the health of safety and welfare of your members, their guests and invitees. And we've talked about this in the past, limiting guests and invitees, uh, just having family members, people in the building. Um, But the members themselves are important to care for and important to sometimes protect themselves from one another and from themselves. So those associations that are getting huge pressure, and I understand it and I appreciate it, to reopen your pools, it's usually a pool issue. Again, I'm suggesting, and I think it's becoming more commonplace in certain situations, that you provide for a fee that you may have to increase to the members, security or staff that monitors and basically oversees the use of those facilities and ensures that people are social distancing, that they're using masks where appropriate, um, and that the facilities are being wiped down or very little furniture is provided there and, uh, and, and people are adhering to it. If you do that, you can open up these facilities. If you simply say, hey, look, go use it, have fun, please be careful, we put up signs, and somebody gets sick, they're going to come after the association, and the association's not going to have an excuse. You used it at your own risk. Well, what do you mean at your own risk? Again, as we've spoken before, I think a, a you know, and I don't want to give up all of our secrets here, but a smart attorney going against an association is going to look at the maintenance provisions, is going to look at all kinds of provisions in your documents that 
basically tell you you have to care for this. Now, were those provisions written in a pandemic? No. Do they make an exception for a pandemic? No. So is it better to allow people to go swimming at your pool, at their pool, at the association's pool, and not have the security over there, the oversight over there, and potentially spread COVID-19 throughout the building? Or is it better to simply say, we're going to special assess all of our members an extra whatever it is a month for the foreseeable future until there's an all clear, or we're going to keep it closed, and until such time as uh, it's all clear, we'll reopen it. And in the meantime, go use the parks, go use the, the, the beach, go use facilities that are open to the public but run by the county, run by the city, the municipality. Those facilities will have not only lifeguards, of course, but they will have oversight limiting it. When we played the other night, when I played basketball the other night, a gentleman who is one of the administrators at the facility would periodically walk in. Take a look. Is everybody wearing their masks? Those on the bench, are they sitting apart from one another? That's what you need to at least help provide a good defense to the association in case there's, a, there's a, a, an occurrence of COVID-19. Uh, we talked about contact testing in the past and so forth, to tracing to, to see where it comes from, where it happened, where it originated from, where it spread. In addition to all this, you do need to have these signs up there. There's no question about it. I've helped numerous associations with those signs. But it's, a, it's a con, in conjunction with. It's not instead of. And that's what's important to understand in this. So with all the requests, with all uh, uh, what's going on, I completely understand. I, I had a great client of mine the other day ask me, he said, Guy, the sister community to us, and I don't know if it's the exact same community, but a similar community, they're allowing everybody at their pool. They've got signs up at your own risk. And I went through this analysis, and, and, and this great great client of mine, she, she represents a number of associations that I work for, and, she go, and it clicked. And she said, you know what? I get it. I do get it. Because in the end, sign or no sign, we have an obligation as the board, as the association, not individually as the board, but as the association, to maintain, to protect the property, to ensure that the property, you're using it, it's in a condition that can be used. And COVID-19 can be used in so many ways to thwart that and show how you failed to do that, that it would expose the association. And that's what we don't want to see happen. The liability is too great. As we've spoken of before, insurance most likely will not cover such a claim. In fact, most policies don't, as we've discussed, and that would be an assessment against each and every one of your homeowners and those who can't pay and go into foreclosure. It'll double up on the rest of you, and it's too great a risk just to use a pool. We are now coming into the fall season shortly, and I am afraid, and from what I've read, that this is going to be a very, very difficult fall season. Not only is the spread of it going to increase as the weather turns cooler, but you're going to have situations where people are coughing from the common cold or flu, have congestion, maybe have trouble breathing, and nobody's going to know if it's common cold, flu, pneumonia, God forbid, or if it's, or if it's COVID-19. And then hopefully more and more testing will be available so you can discern what's what. But how are we going to deal with that? What are we going to do about that? And that's going to be really the next phase of dealing, especially in closed-in condominium associations, what are you going to do with your members as they walk in coughing, sneezing, uh, having 
breathe, trouble breathing, assuring you it's not COVID, having not taken any tests. And that's going to be a discussion that we're going to work on uh, for another podcast, another video cast uh, in, the fu- in the near future so we are prepared and know a course of action what to do. Um, the other thing I'm going to talk about in a, in a more uh, uh, in a podcast and a, and a video cast that I'm going to uh, provide sooner is um, in the next few days, in fact, is about meetings and annual meetings. We're getting into that season of annual meetings. We're getting into issues with nominations from the floor for HOAs. We're getting into restrictions, again, with COVID in place of where we can hold these meetings and if we can hold these meetings and what needs to be done. So I want to address those again and uh, talk about that, and I'll uh, post that ahead of time so we're ready to go ahead and have questions at the same time. So with that, uh, these are one, this is one of my uh, shorter uh, casts. I uh, wish you all only the best. Uh, please uh, don't hesitate to contact me to discuss this further, ask any questions specific to your association if I can assist. And I wish you, your families, your members, and their families only good health and well-being during these troubled times, knowing that, uh, you know, at least for Florida, although we continue to have um, numerous amount of people testing positive and unfortunately still a lot of people unfortunately dying, uh, those numbers are tracking down, and we hope that they continue to do so. Uh, but we need to be vigilant, and we need to really be prepared for this fall and, and frankly, the winter. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, long weekend. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend. Enjoy it with your families. Be smart, be healthy, be well. Thank you.